Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to The Come Up. I'm your host, Nell, with your co-host, Lachelle. And today, we have a very special guest joining us from South Carolina. We have Kristen, who is a has a YouTube channel, May Love Light. Kristen's a graduate of Kettering University in Flint, Michigan, and she currently works as a project engineer. She holds a certificate uh, as a mindfulness coach from the University of uh, UCLA. She uh, is also a yoga instructor. Kristen has uh, skills and experience teaching both young people uh, as well as adults the practice of mindfulness and meditation. She's very good at what she does and uh, we're really, really excited to engage her in a conversation about mindfulness and meditation. So let's get started. Hello, Kristen. Hello. Hello, Kristen. How are you? You doing pretty good? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Good. Thank you for uh, agreeing to this. Really excited to hear uh, more to learn more about mindfulness. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Good. <clears throat> so why don't we start off with you journeying um, on how you decided to be a mindfulness coach? Um, also, while you're at it, please provide us with a general definition of mindfulness and meditation so we all can understand what it means. Yeah. Okay. So mindfulness itself is really a state. So it is being fully present in what's currently going on with an openness, without judgment, and being curious about it. So um, there are different practices that you can do that actually cultivates being more mindful and being in that space of mindfulness. And one of those things is meditation. Um, there are many different types of meditation. And um, so they can all that. And then there's different things of um, focusing on your breath, being um, paying attention to sensations in the body as well. That as well can help cultivate more um, being in that present state. So that is kind of in a high level like okay so Kristen, yeah. let's do this let's uh let's rewind let's back up a little bit now you're an engineer by training and yes. I, I guess i want to know i want the audience to know how what led you to the study of mindfulness because I, something tells me that you didn't learn this in the school of engineering <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, uh, so tell us what led you to the study of mindfulness. Was yeah. It or, I mean, like, how did you get here? Yeah. So I kind of dedicated my whole entire upbringing to becoming an engineer. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so growing up in Detroit, we have the opportunity to be involved with diff different STEM activities. And so Saturday yeah. mornings, um, I was involved with DAPSAP. And so I was at a school someplace doing some STEM related things. Yeah. Uh, when I graduated from high school, went to Cass Tech, CT, I ended <laughs> up going to Kettering University in Flint, Michigan. And that school, you have to work for three months and then you go to school for three months and you rotate back and forth until you graduate. 
And I never had a break. Like there's no gap year. I didn't have spring break. I, I don't under, like, I know it from TV shows and movies, but I've never experienced spring break. And mm-hmm. as soon as I graduated from school in December of 08, I moved to South Carolina and started working in January of 09. So there was just no breaks. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I dived right into engineering full-time manufacturing engineer. And um, within a, a few years, 2013 was where I felt like I was at the, I was extremely stressed out. I was not in the best environment at work. Um, I was utilizing uh, therapy. We were able to, where I work, we have an on-site uh, counselor. So I was meeting with them and working with HR. It was just a lot of stuff going on. And all the things I kept looking out externally, trying to fill this gap of like, um, uh, there was a lot of suffering that I was experiencing, stress, all the things. And I felt like I didn't know what else I could do. And a friend of mine had just came back from a meditation retreat. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, oh my gosh, I want to do that right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so instead of being an alcoholic, you decide to be a meditation person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, oh no, I, I, I didn't <laughs> I I experienced the different spirits. <laughs> I, I experienced the spirits, um, but that wasn't what I wanted. Uh, yeah, so I ended up going to my very first meditation retreat in the fall of 2013. And that shifted a lot of things for me. Um, I became a certified yoga teacher in 2016. And this was all like, I was still engineering. And then I transitioned into working in IT, mm-hmm. but still um, technical field. And mm-hmm. with that, I started, uh, I, I, because I've noticed such change, such big changes within myself and the decreased amount of stress and the way I saw things differently, it just really impacted me. And I wanted to teach and share this with others. So I started mm-hmm. teaching in 2017 and mostly with kids and, mm-hmm. um, and been bringing it more and more into where I work. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of where the mindfulness coach developed. And so, I, yeah. So Kristen, you said you're teaching kids. Um, what age group are you working with and how is this helping them at such a young age? Yeah. So the youngest group I have worked with are first, second, third graders. I've also worked with fourth and fifth graders. And I've the, the very first group I taught mindfulness to was a group of seventh graders and that middle school is a whole nother beast because you got, you got hormones involved. You're like, you're trying, your, your body's going through puberty, all these things. You just, there's so much happening. Um, so I learned a lot from them and it, what happened because the seventh graders, they, they like to, or, well, any kid, they like to act like, um, you know, whatever you're saying isn't cool. So they just kind of ignore you. And they did that <laughs> to me. That's right. Right. That's what they do. That yeah. Is. So I was in a room full of kids and they had two teachers. Um, mm-hmm. But still, it seemed like the teachers couldn't really get a hold of them. And um, their, their actual teacher went on maternity leave. So they had to substitute teacher on top of it. So I was like, oh, man, I, I've lost all hope. <laughs> teachers there. But no, um, I kept showing up and that that meant a lot. So even though kids, they, they look like they weren't listening. By what, the did you, end, what did you say to them exactly? 
What did you do? What were the techniques? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so the very first thing I do is um, no matter the age, I always ask the question, like, how many of you have experienced stress? And I was surprised even in a group of like um, six, seven, eight year olds, they raise their hands. Like stress is, it's an epidemic. We all experience it. It has no, like, no matter how old you are, you experience it. And it's like, how do we manage it? And I asked them, like, how do you manage your stress? And they all kind of look at me and they shrug their shoulders like, uh. Um, and so we start talking about that and also removing the taboo of not talking about our emotions, especially in the black community. Um, so I like Mm -hmm. to spend time diving into what are, what are our emotions and how do we manage them as they're kind of flaring up and things that are happening. And some of the tools we do is paying attention to our breath. That's something that like, we're all breathing all the time, but do we really stop to really take it in and pay attention to our inhale and exhale. And, and already when you start doing that, it can be a very calming experience. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know that's something that in athletics, some of the coaches will talk to you a little bit about that a little bit as it relates to just playing or doing whatever you're doing. But yeah, I, you know, outside of the athletic area, people, you don't really talk about breathing and just being, aware of how you're breathing and things but how how did they receive that so they kids are very open and willing they'll they're like okay let's go ahead and try it and when i can talk to them about my own experiences and just letting them know like how i how i cope with my own emotions and how do i manage my stress and kind of like you want to learn some of these techniques and they're like yeah sure let's do it so um the teacher being involved as well helps that's the thing (laughs) okay okay let me ask you this too in our culture we tend to our music tends to be very you know loud it's very when you look at like the energy coming from the music it's it can it can put you in a different place right you talk about anxiety you talk about stress you talk it's tension it's like the music that we listen to elevates all of that right how you notice like i don't know that much about mindfulness or or meditation even but i notice that when i do go into like a spa right there's a certain music it's at a certain decimal you know it's there's that quiet peaceful serene kind of music played and things how do you think our music impacts our emotional state that is a great question. Um, yeah, music is very dynamic, <laughs> and yeah. it, it can, it can, um, and that's the thing I've noticed over the years that the type of music I listen to has definitely changed. Um, because, um, like uh, music that are that's much more negative with phrasing, I tend mm-hmm. to not care for it very much. Like I pay attention to lyrics. Now and I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound too great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it can it can change your um, how you're feeling. And like when I'm feeling down, I I'll listen to some some music that I feel kind of uplifts me, and I can feel a shift in my mood. So music is very um, very dynamic. You can use it to help, and you can also use it to hinder. Like it it just it is what it is. If you want to listen to a whole bunch of breakup music after a bad breakup. 
and kind of be in that moment, be in that moment if, you, if it helps, helps you to make that transition. But if you keep ruminating about the breakup years after it happened, that's not good. That's not healthy. <laughs> right. that, that gets to, you know, controlling your thoughts, controlling your mind. You know, that was a, probably a big part of what you were trying to teach the children in the schools. Um, speak to that. Like, how important is controlling your mind and, and your thoughts? I, um, my, I can only speak from my perspective and my, my understanding. And the thing is, our brains are created to think. The average person can have up to 70,000 thoughts in a day. So that's a lot of thoughts <laughs> running around <laughs> in our head. So the thought of us trying to control them, whew, that is a lot. <laughs> so the thing is, the thoughts are going to happen. But the, what you can do is you can train yourself not to chase after them as they're coming up. So rather than as soon as a thought comes, you bring an attention to it. You, when you practice your mindfulness, um, you become more of an observer in your mind so that you create some space. So as these thoughts come up, you notice that there's these thoughts, but you're like, nah, not today. We're going to focus on this one. Like, this is what I'm focusing on right now. And it's a practice. There are times when, yeah, I'm in that space where all these thoughts are coming and I'm able to just kind of like, yeah, these are thoughts that are happening right now, but right now I'm focusing on this. And there are days where the thoughts, I can't, they're just, I'm all, I'm flooded with them. Um, especially with all this, with us being uh, indoors and stuff. It's just a lot, like our thoughts are even more so heightened because there's only so many things you can distract yourself with for so long. So when you take away those distractions, you realize how much chatter is happening in the mind. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of anxiety over what's happening right now. Uh, so how do you, how can the practice of mindfulness or meditation help with things, easing the anxiety that a lot of people, not just children, but adults are feeling? Yeah. So there's this, um, they say that like, if you are focusing on past experiences and kind of reliving them over and over, that's depression. That's like living in a state of depression. And then if you are trying to think about all these future things and what's, what are these different possibilities that can happen and you keep running around with all these things that has, have not happened that you're trying to figure out, that's where anxiety kind of lives. Mm -hmm. So what you do is you cultivate more of that being in the present in the space that we are right now currently like us having this conversation together and that is where you have more of an, a state of ease but the thing is it's it's a practice so we there are going to be times where you will step into the past especially when you're like learning lessons and things like you think about a past experience and you're like no I don't want to do that again or you you're setting your goals and you're making plans for the future but the thing is you don't want to be attached to these plans. So right now we're, we're in a big, um, there's a lot of things that we've had, everyone had planned for and that it was taken over by this uh, pandemic that we're engaging with. So you have to kind of let go of those things and go with whatever hap what, whatever is um, currently happening. So I heard you mention attachment and I remember, I don't know that much about mindfulness and meditation, but I remember reading a book, uh, seven spiritual laws of success by Deepak Chopra. And a couple of things that stood out was that 
the discussion on detachment. How important is that? And how does that, like, how, how can that, I think, is that what you're alluding to in terms of not being attached? Yes. Uh, <laughs> there, there's a lot of suffering that comes in when you are attached to expectations or you're attached to these ideas or how someone is supposed to be. And that's the thing when we, I actually talk to kids about love. Um, what does it mean to have unconditional love? So like, do you like, have you had a friend where something happens and then they, they're like no longer your friend because they felt like you didn't do the thing that they wanted. And is that love? And you're like, no, that's not. I was like, that's, that's love based on conditions. I have these ideas and this box of things that you're supposed to fulfill that I didn't tell you what is in the box. But then when you fall, you don't do the things I expect. Then I'm, I'm up in arms and I'm upset. So you have these, this, and that's the thing about our brains. We create this narrative, no matter what happens, there's all, like, all these different stories our mind will make up. But when you bring up, when you cultivate self, self-awareness and you're able to notice these narratives that are happening, you're able to see like, that is not like, that's not what's truly happening right now. These, this is something that I'm making up. So you, when you are detached from that, you notice a lot of stress that decreases because I'm not, I don't have this box of ex, uh, like expectations of, of what it is that you're supposed to be doing. No matter, like you, you are you and I'm gonna love you no matter what. And that's what's like, that's unconditional love. Not because you didn't take out the garbage when I thought you would, mm-hmm. now I'm upset. Yeah, <laughs> um, so, so Kristen, I got a question for you. So would you say meditation works hand enhance with um mindfulness like they work together yeah so the that's the thing um mindfulness is the state of being fully present um without judgment and being open um with an with a curiosity and meditation kind of is one of the tools that you can utilize to be more into that space of mindfulness so meditation has a wide variety of different kinds, types um, that that you can use to be able to cultivate being more present. Okay, so I hear you said that um, mindfulness is, um, okay, so mindfulness, we want to be mindful of things and people that surround us. But my question to you is, um, when we move from we to I, meaning that some people can be selfish, and self-centered. So how do we like, you know, flip that to make it in a positive way? You know, cause we have people that sometimes can be very selfish and, you know, self-centered. So what would you suggest that would help? Okay. So that is, I had a big perspective shift for myself because I, I am a people pleaser and I like to keep the peace. So I would sacrifice mm-hmm. my own um, well-being sometimes in order to okay. uh, meet the needs of others. Okay. That, that in itself would be selfless, but I had to step into the space of being more selfish. I had okay. to put myself first because if I want to be able to be of service to people, I need to make sure that my cup is full. So okay, I understand. What, yeah, so that when my cup is filling is spilling over, I'm able to utilize that to help other people rather than running around half empty or half full, no matter depending on your point of view. 
So I, I see, I feel like there are moments when you need to be selfish and there are moments that selflessness comes into play that okay. is just, you kind of, you have to kind of balance it out and figure it out. But if, if, if you're going through life and everything's about me, 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 I, 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 yeah, yeah, that can be, um, that can be a lonely road because we okay. are, we're, we're, we're community driven by um, nature like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let me, let me ask you how this practice of mindfulness meditation can benefit the African-American community. So, you know, a lot of what we talk about is helping African-Americans who want to start businesses, start them effectively, uh, just have the skill set, think about it in the right way. How do you think, uh, whether it's a small business owner or would-be small business owner, how do you think being mindful, practicing meditation will benefit them? Yeah. <clears throat> the practice of mindfulness or meditation it definitely would, it helps because it can help you kind of get a really good start off with your day. Um, I like to practice first thing in the morning. And I noticed that for me, it's just, it, I have much more clarity. I have a lot more focus, a lot of, um, not as distracted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of, um, a lot of, I don't know, I don't want to say like the elite, but a lot of people who are out there yeah. making the millions and things, they do, yeah. a lot of them do talk about their meditation practice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, very good. Okay. Very good. So um, any practical tips or books you want to recommend? Any like really practical, maybe starting off with simple techniques that people can begin to implement in their daily life, maybe first thing in the morning or, you know, right before they go to bed, anything uh, you want to recommend they do? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So something that you can do a lot of practices when we talk about the different tools of mindfulness that can be utilized really lends itself on the practice of focused attention, which is where you bring your, your, you bring your attention onto an object, or it can be your breath, it can be sound, it can be a sensation in the body. But normally we would, we start off with sound, or it can even be a, a word or a phrase. And what you do is you would focus on that for, and what's going to happen is that your mind is going to have a thought, it's going to start wandering off. You're going to notice that your mind wandered off, and then you bring it back to your focal point. And you do that over and over again. And what that does is it's actually strengthening the muscles in your brain that deals with focus. Mm -hmm. Focus is very important to be successful. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you so, can do that like five minutes a day, five days a week for five weeks. Very good. Very good. I think, you know, five minutes, that's a great place to start. Everybody can or should be able to allocate five minutes. That's great. So, so and... Well, so, Kristen, um, you have your own YouTube channel, right? That is correct. So you are teaching mindfulness on there, correct? Yes. I tell share. Us a little bit, tell us a little bit about what you share on there. Yeah. So I utilize um, my YouTube channel. It's called May Love Light. And it's all one word. M-A-Y-L-O-V-E-L-I-G-H-T. 
And what I do on that web on the, um, that channel is I, I, I talk about things that I've learned along the way of um, developing my mindfulness journey, as well as giving little uh, tips. Um, and yeah, so it's, and I'm, what I'm doing is cultivating and creating a community of people that can be able to share um, what, as we're walking on our paths. Um, yeah. Okay. And you also do consulting, is that right? right. Yeah. Coaching. Is it coaching Coach. or consulting? It'll be coaching. Okay. Great. Great. All right. So for those out there who want to receive some coaching, you, you are the person to reach out to. Yeah, you can get on Instagram as well. It's May Love Light, all one word. Same okay. as the YouTube channel. Okay, okay. Do you have anything else you want to share with us briefly before? Yes. Please uh, do. Yeah, so that's, uh, there's, we talked about the dedicated practice of having a mindfulness practice. You can also do things in the moment. So that's the thing. Um, if you are being fully present, to what's going on with an openness. This can be, this can happen anytime. You can do it anywhere. So um, another uh, something you can do is you can listen mindfully. And the way you would do it is you bring your full attention to the person. And what happens is your mind's gonna wander off. You notice that it wanders off and you bring it back to the person that you're listening to over and over again. I'm sure while you were listening to me talk, you started thinking about other things. Maybe it's something that you wanna eat later. <laughs> Maybe it's like, when is this going to be over? You never know. But bring it back. When you bring it back to the person you're focusing on, you're developing that muscle again. And you can do the same thing with eating. Turn off your TV, turn off um, any distractions you might have and just sit there with your food and just enjoy it. And you actually, um, for me, I like to use the example of eating pizza. I can, I can sit down with a whole pizza turn on netflix and that entire pizza is gone and i'm like what just happened mm -hmm. and if i take away all those distractions watching tv and all those things and i eat that same pizza like two slices in i'm full mm -hmm. so that a lot of people who practice mindful eating they they feel like it helps with weight loss but it's well, just very um, good it's a very good yeah. one so with it, yeah, yeah something you can do in the moment okay all right. So do you have anything to suggest for people as we are, since we all on lockdown and, you know, people are dealing with stress and this COVID-19, um, what do you do at your home to keep yourself, you know, in a good, you know, release of stress, mindfulness, just keeping yourself busy? Yeah. So I'm, I'm fortunate that I can still work from home. So I spend a lot of my time working. And then after that, um, I've been reading, like reading some good books. And of course, in the morning, I, I still have my morning practice, which helps. And um, sometimes like listening to music and, and working out being, have to be active because it's like sitting still for so long, it starts aching <laughs> or you start feeling like there's all this energy that you need to exert. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I think this is a wonder it's been a wonderful interview i think you've said a lot of educational really good practical things that i think so many people in our in the african-american community in in uh, just in general everyone can get a lot from uh this is wonderful i i just think more people should embrace uh 
mindfulness and meditation, I think they, they would have more fulfilled lives. So very good. All right, Kristen. Well, thank you um, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. All right. Have a wonderful day. You too. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye. Again, that was Kristen May from May Love Light. You can find her on Instagram or YouTube. We just want to thank you again for listening to The Come Up, where we help you take it to the top of your game. Please subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Google, and Anchor. And if you want to, you can please send us an email at topofyourgame06 at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening to our podcast.